Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hello. Turn out a shrimp on the Bobby. <laughs> That's all I know. It's awful. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. <laughs> and we're back. Welcome back to another episode of (laughs) Crimes and Cocktails. We're slowly getting back on track. Um, Even though, guys, holy shit, Katie's getting married this week. (laughs) (laughs) What? I need a a backup speech from a maid of honor speech. (laughs) I'm just saying if I don't die from stress first. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not that I'm planning on running. (laughs) I was like, should I bring you shoes? What you need? (laughs) Oh, God. Runaway bride. I got you. I got you. Give me a horse. So. <laughs> a horse. Oh my god. No. The most extra way <laughs> to run away ever. Nothing less. Yeah. Okay, Julia no. Roberts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, um, not because of that, just because I'm stressed. Um, and I might die before I actually get to see the <laughs> the plan come to fruition. But it's gonna be okay. Um, so you guys are listening to this on Thursday, so that means in two days. I'll be... She'll be a married woman and off the market. Married woman. (laughs) And um, I'll be one of the ones to be like, the wife did it. (laughs) Yeah. Statistically speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the maid of honor speech where they're just like, I want you to look at each other. Statistically, one of you will kill the other one or something like that. Yes. That will be your wedding speech. (laughs) Yeah. Then it's going to be like, hi guys, welcome to another episode of Crimes and Cocktails. And then all of a sudden there's a mic in front of me and I'm like, we're doing it live. (laughs) Oh Oh, gosh. And so then the husband stabbed her on the wedding night. (laughs) Yeah. Tonight's my favorite. It's the murder of Taylor Moxon. Like my 93 year old great aunt that's going to be there. She's like, what'd you say? (laughs) I would not do that to anyone. (laughs) I know, I'm I'm like, okay, be tasteful with the jokes. <laughs> Not everyone gets your guys' sense of humor. I know. I'll just be dying of laughter. I can't put a disclaimer before be your wedding. F- what was that? A disclaimer before my wedding speech. <laughs> hey guys, just a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> this wedding is not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Hey, I do have the mic first for the welcome speech. I'll just there you go. Local. If you do not enjoy drinking or joking about drinking or murder, <laughs> yeah, um, then you may leave. <laughs> the door is that way. Yeah. Thank you for coming for the but ceremony. Leave your gift, leave please. Your gift and your <laughs> yeah. check on the table. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, oh, crazy man. shit is getting real. It's getting real. Yes. Yes. And uh, what else is getting real is uh, I apologize <laughs> for saying the lack of um, resources on Leonard John Fraser because that was a yeah. lie. It was a lie. The lie, Steven. Yeah. Yeah. So I stumbled across a book called Things a Killer Would Know, which is the true story of Leonard Fraser. It's a biography kind of uh written by Paula Dunman. And that is where a lot of today's information is coming from. And, uh, yeah. oh boy, I hope you guys are ready for this. Yeah, because this is the last time you'll laugh. <laughs> the entire episode. No laughings allowed. None. Just tears. Just um, tears. And drinking. And more drinking. drinking. Yeah. So like Tabitha said, <laughs> tonight we're going to be talking about Leonard John Fraser, also known as the Rockhampton Rapist. Um, there it is. Inter- 
What was that? I said, there it is. There it is. Let's just come out and say it. Um, we introduced him to you in our Natasha Ryan episode, which was two episodes ago. The girl in the um, Yeah. And this guy is one ugly son of a bitch. And uh, it's a real piece of work. Um, and we also want to say, trigger warning, um, this is one of those episodes that warrants a second trigger warning. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this episode really is not for everyone. Um, as you guys know who listen to us, most of our episodes are pretty heavy. Um, but this is going to be a two-parter that is filled with animal abuse, child abuse, lots of rape. Um, we totally get it if you want to skip this episode. Um, I won't skip still this leave episode. a review. <laughs> <laughs> you should review Just us click rate five. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, but for those of you who want to stay, we're going to get a good stiff drink um, to help you out and get through this. Um, so we're going to keep things light and easy for this drink because the rest of the episode is so heavy. Um, so just take a bottle of whiskey of your choice and then a chilled uh, rock Stick glass. a straw in it. <laughs> Put a straw on it. Open the bottle and pour. Whatever you need to do, keep refilling it. Um, that is literally our cocktail for this week Man's got to do something to keep warm. <laughs> you know what that's from? We're best friends. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, yes, a flask, a bottle, a handle, whatever you need, whatever Costco you got. Size is best. That secret bottle you hang out and you keep under the bed. <laughs> totally. Yeah, in your drawer at work. Yep. Um, Maybe don't do that anymore, but... In this case, yes, do that. And if you're listening yeah. to this work, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Please put your headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you listen to this at work, I really hope your headphones are on. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> listen to true crime podcasts all the time at work. So do I, but I and listen to headphones. <laughs> there's sometimes where I, I've always had my headphones, but there's sometimes where I forget my headphones and I'm like in the middle of an episode that I really want to finish. And mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe I'll just like listen to it because I have my own office but the walls are so thin. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. I, this is wrong. This is totally wrong. But there have been times where my Bluetooth will get disconnected and oh the podcast will like start on my computer without the headphones. And I'm like trying to pause it all quickly. And one yeah. time I drove the company car and linked my phone to it to listen to music. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess like the cars just remember your phone. And so, like, a couple weeks later, I got in the car with a couple of my coworkers to do something, and I was listening to a podcast before, earlier in the day, and it just yeah. automatically started oh, cool. the crime podcast. Her body was dumped down the roof. Yeah, and the people in the car were not, like, true crime fans whatsoever, <laughs> so it was very awkward. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't go to my birthday. Oh, God. <laughs> you guys don't like this? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mates. Uh, to, uh... To this episode. Oh, God. So. I don't want to cheer Yeah, that. I'm not cheering this episode. <laughs> I'm cheering to us and your marriage. Okay, here we go. <laughs> to you and Taylor. <laughs> Huzzah. Huzzah. So, um, if you want to see this recipe, <laughs> there is no recipe this week. So, <laughs> normally I would tell you to check out our Instagram page. You can see the beautiful artwork by moi on the cocktail recipe. But, yeah. uh. That's not happening this week, so just You're not gonna bottle just yeah. draw a, a kangaroo holding a bottle of whiskey. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just wasted. Uh yeah, so but you should still follow us on Instagram because you know, we post memes and we keep it real, you know. We're trending. Yeah. What up? You know? Totally famous now with our fourteen hundred followers. So we're we're unstoppable now. I got Watch stopped out. in the street the other day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I recognize your voice. (laughs) Are you crimes and cocktails? (laughs) You can call me crimes. (laughs) Oh my god. So yeah, check out our Instagram. Crimes and cocktails, of course. Yes. And if you want to email us, uh, you can do that at crimes.cocktails at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear and you want to pitch $2 our way, you can check us out on our Patreon. 
which is patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails. And if you want to see the one Twitter I post a month, you can <laughs> check us out. <laughs> at crimes or at cocktails crimes. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we switched it up on you guys. I am. Uh, I'm trying to be a Twitter person, but it is hard, you know. So, yeah. And you should rate and review us. And uh, let's just keep it positive, guys. You know, send positive things out to the universe. <laughs> Leave us a positive review. And, uh, yeah. And nothing bad will happen to you. <laughs> okay. And that's not a threat. That's a promise. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> to your marriage. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Let's get started because uh, this is a really rough episode. So we're just going to get into it. And get through it. And get through it together. <laughs> yeah. So Leonard John Fraser was born on June 27th, 1951 in Ingham, Queensland, which is in Australia, for those of you who are geographically uh, challenged, which I am a lot of the time. Me not going to lie, it was my worst subject. <laughs> yeah, still, still to this day, is. I'm like, where is that? I, uh, like many Americans, don't know all 50 states, so... <laughs> I really want to try that game that they do in Friends where they write down. They have like an hour to write down every state. But I'm like afraid that it'll look like... Oh, I've done it. And it does help writing it down. Yeah. Uh, But I think that I always am like one state shy. Like there's just always one that I'm like, fuck, I forgot about Delaware or something like that. You know, like it's just... (laughs) (laughs) It's always something like like one state that I'll forget about. It's usually like one of those ones is like north or south you know, Dakota or something like that, or West Virginia or something. So Mm -hmm. it's usually one of those, but uh, I'm getting better. It's something I'm working on. (laughs) So So he was the fourth uh, out of five children born to, and this is not their real names, but for the purpose of naming someone so you can, I don't know, talk about them, whatever. George and Agnes uh, Frazier. The, the book that I read, they used a lot of fake names for people, and I'm sure that's just to keep some privacy there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is limited information on his early childhood. We do know that his father was a World War II veteran from Scotland, actu- Scotland actually. And, um, and then later after the war, he was a machinist. And he traveled a lot for his work. So he was moving the family around a lot from job to job. I think he would basically like have a job, have it for like a month or two, and then they would, you know, relocate him somewhere else kind of a thing. They moved six times in one year and that seemed to be pretty much the norm, which is a lot of moving. I've moved a lot in my life and I definitely don't move that many times though. Yeah. I think I, one time I counted and it was like by the time I was 11, I moved 19 times, which is it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot um so yeah so um leonard was when he was about one year old one years old one year old (laughs) i don't know how you say that uh (laughs) a baby (laughs) it was a wee baby a wee lad his father decided to take two of the children to work with him to give agnes a break so she's a stay-at-home mom five kids it's kind of a lot you know so the oldest was actually in school on this day, and the youngest, which was four months old, which is crazy to me that she had a one-year-old and a four-month-old. Like, that's just so much. Yeah. Irish <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Seriously. Uh, so Leonard uh, was a year, and then his baby um, sibling was four months old. They both stayed home with the mom, and the dad took the two middle kids, I guess you could say, with him. So on this particular day, he was working at a forestry plantation digging fire breaks, and his son, three-year-old Terrence, was sitting on, next to him as they were going up a hill with a grater digging these trenches. The grater started slipping and got stuck, so he put it in reverse, but that was very shaky and rattly, and it actually launched the three-year-old Terrence out and behind the tire. His skull and chest were crushed that caused eternal... <laughs> Not eternal internal bleeding well i guess eternal bad yeah. sad but um terrence died about four hours after arriving at the hospital so this is a pretty pretty sad day in their family needless to say uh they were pretty distraught about this but it is said that leonard's parents never really spoke about it like i think it was just too sensitive for them to even yeah, think sure about or talk horrible. about oh yeah i mean here he is trying to do some good deed for his wife right and then mm-hmm. this happens like just the unimaginable so it's absolutely horrible 
Uh, but Leonard would often lie about this growing up, and he would tell people that he witnessed it. And then he even told one therapist that he was five years old when it happened, and he was sitting on the grater when it happened, which is not true because he was one years old at home. So, <laughs> yeah, he was there or would be able to remember that at that age. Yeah. Yeah. So Leonard was a compulsive liar. He often lied about even just the smallest things that a normal person wouldn't even lie about. Um, his family often said that they would take things that he said with a grain of salt. Uh, Leonard had a hard time with his father moving the family around so much. And as a child, he had a hard time focusing on anything in school. He would throw wild temper tantrums and often come home with toys that didn't belong to him. He would never tell anybody where he got them from, though. So he became disruptive in school and was eventually expelled. At 14, the school had him assessed and said that his intelligence level was below average with limited literacy skills. His parents said that if he was going to drop out of school, he needed to help pitch in financially. So he began training under his father for um, a machinist license, um, but that was pretty short-lived. And when he told his father to stick it up his arse at <laughs> one point, um, that, you know, that ended. <laughs> so um, at 15, Leonard started getting into trouble with the law, uh, petty thefts mainly. In 1966, when he was 15, he was reprimanded for stealing a gearbox. And while on probation, he stole a motorbike to visit his cousin and threatened a girl during that time with rape. Which is like, what a jump, like all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. So um, no charges were filed, but police recommended that he live in a boy's home. So he was placed at Gosford's Boys School, which was a reformation school or you know, juvenile kind of place um, for two years to get a grip on his escalating behavior. Yeah. So his parents were pretty unsure about this at the time um, because they actually started noticing that their son had a split personality. There were some moments where he just seemed to be like an angel, a good Samaritan, helpful. And then there was days where he was just this uncontrollable, wild teenager, you know. So they were just a little bit unsure, but... They were kind of given limited options by the police and school and everything. They're kind of telling him, this is the way to go. Like, he needs to be put in this home. So they're thinking, like, okay, we're going to do this, you know. Eight years later, he was actually properly diagnosed as a psychopath. Uh, but not at this time. He was not there. So they agreed to have him placed in the home. And the officials at the home made accusations that his home life is what created this behavior of his. But there's actually no real signs of that from what anyone can tell. Um, I mean, yes, he did move around mm -hmm. a lot, but it doesn't seem there's no uh, no signs of abuse in his home from his parents or anything like that. So it's just, I don't know. There's a screw loose, basically, I think. So... However, uh, this home, I feel like whatever screw was loose, this place probably completely took the screw out because this place was hell on earth. So his family would come once every two weeks to visit him and they would bring him his favorite ham and pea soup and biscuits. Um, I think they also thought, you know, like a lot of places like that, like if you have extra treats or something that you can kind of use as a bartering thing. Yeah. But uh, that was not the case at this place. Uh, to use words from the book directly, it said it was rape or be raped, which is horrific to think about. So yeah, it's no way to love. Yeah. Apparently the older boys would rape Leonard and Leonard would rape the younger boys. Uh, he later claims he lost his virginity on a drunken night with a teen girlfriend, but everyone's pretty sure that he lost his virginity in this home by one of the boys. So just... It's just known, yeah. I mean, to to know this kind of violence at such a young age is just, to know this kind of violence at any age is, hor is horrible, but definitely at this age when a boy's mind is just at the peak of, like, growing and things like that and developing, it's just, especially with someone who is showing signs of, you know, being mentally unstable like this, it's just, ugh. Yeah. So, on top of the horrendous sexual abuse the employees who worked at this home were also no angels themselves either they had a lot of um, horrible disciplinary actions some of the inmates 
say that they were assaulted by the employees, which I believe because if this much <clears throat> rape is happening in this home, there's no way that the people that work there did not know that that was going on or happening. I'm sure. Or yeah. allowing it in some, you know, way or something like that. Um, they also said that sometimes they would feed them bread and water, like, every couple days, so they would starve them like that. Uh, and this one's actually pretty horrible. Trigger warning, guys. They boiled, one of the employees boiled a cat alive to torture certain inmates uh, psychologically, which is just, <sighs> ugh. Um, yeah. Some of Australia's worst criminals were actually boys in this home, which I believe. Uh, it's a tragedy that this place was allowed to be uh, open for as long as yeah. it was so yeah putting troubled kids in a situation yeah it's gonna just be a hundred times worse afterward oh, yeah. all right so leonard was released from the boys home in 1968 um he was obviously filled with even more rage than before um was even more prone for um a thirst for sex and sexual violence and just violence in general in December of uh, 1968, he was found guilty of assault on a train station attendant. Apparently, the attendant made a comment about Leonard's girlfriend, and he bit, beat the shit out of him. So, he was on probation for two years until he was 19. I also so, read that he and his family actually knew this attendant. Like, this was well, someone that they, like, knew, but it didn't phase him. So, he just... Impulsive action. Anyway. He just did it, yeah. Uh... Since he did not finish school, his job options were limited. He managed to get a job at an iron foundry for a while, then construction, and then a plant operator for an earth-moving company. Um, Leonard was continuously committing crimes, though, throughout this. In 1970, he was fined for driving without a license, and then a little bit after that, he was street fighting and was caught and fined $20. Um, <laughs> 20 bucks? I mean, right. I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> 20 bucks says I can punch you in the face. Come at me, bro. Come at <laughs> me. Come on, come at when I just, Whenever so. someone says street fighting, I think of, like, the game, you know? Yeah, street or, fighter. Yeah, exactly. Street <laughs> fighter and Dari game. So I just... Then, like, jumping on the street with their fists. Yeah. Yes. I don't think he was doing that, but... Probably not. Um, and then around this time, he started using drugs and drinking heavily, which is great for Perfect. how he was already acting. Um, and then he started claiming that he was a sitter for prostitutes and involved in the underworld. And in 1971, he was arrested and jailed for stealing a car. The term was 12 months long, but for some reason he was let out early. He would often tell the prison psychologist that he had four daughters and five sons, but then he wouldn't be able to tell anything about the mothers. So this was just another instance of him lying. <laughs> I have four daughters and five sons. I can't they leave. They need me. They need me. I got mouths to feed. God. I don't know. Jeez. I don't know. If he's just maybe trying to sound like a pimp or something, be like, I got these hoes. <laughs> they multiply. Yeah. And, uh, so upon being released, uh, and this is going to be a common theme, guys, where this guy is incarcerated oh, so and let out pretty early. So yeah. what the fuck? Hopefully Australia's... Um, law i don't know system and everything is much better now i'm not saying america's is any great either yeah, but no. <laughs> it shit happens here too it shit happens here too unfortunately um but yeah this is it's pretty infuriating actually so upon being released leonard decided to leave new south wales for a fresh start and what does he do with his fresh start oh he gets caught stealing nine dollars worth of gas and a soda which with the gas prices these days, I can't blame you. I'd steal it, too. <laughs> a whole gallon. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, $9 of gas back then was definitely like a full tank, probably. But today yeah. it's like one gallon. So, cool. I paid $6 for gas the other day. Gallon. That's disgusting. All I'm Six saying is, la-da-da-da-da, I'm driving a hybrid. <laughs> yes. Gangsta move here. Make fun of me going 15 miles up the hill, but you know what? I still got gas when I get to the top of it, so what up? <laughs> Anyways, he stole nine dollars worth of gas and a soda, and uh, his two friends that he were that he was with were driving a stolen car. So back to the slammer. I don't even know how long he was out for. I think it was like like within the same month. Three hours, honestly. yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So he was sentenced to nine months in jail this time. And after this term, he moved back to Sydney where his parents were, and he started sitting again for prostitutes. He started making a lot more money doing this than he was before, 
And eventually he and one of his associates, Harry Williams, uh, they rented a flat together. So on October 17th, 1972, he and Harry got into a heated argument. This had Leonard storming out of the apartment and into nearby botanical gardens. It was here that he committed his first brutal rape outside of the boys' home in prison. Well, I should say the first brutal rape that is recorded that we know of yeah. at this point. Yeah. I'm not sure if this happened before or not. Um, a 37-year-old French tourist woman was walking around the garden and she asked Leonard for directions. He didn't understand what she was saying and he just pointed down a path. But as soon as she passed him, it's like violence overtook him and he just saw an opportunity. He grabs her throat from behind. She begins to scream. So he covers her mouth and then he begins punching her over and over again in the face. It was brutal beating. Yeah. Her blood was found splattered all about the garden Um, They said they found, like, blood all on the plants and things like that. And then he dragged her from behind a tree, and he tore off her underwear and her tights, kind of leaving them on just one leg. She thought she was going to die at this point, which I don't blame her, and she fainted. Uh, Leonard then proceeded to rape her, and then he stole $14 from her purse. He was covered in blood, um, and when he fled, he left behind one of his sandals and a handkerchief. This poor woman was left moaning in pain for another 30 minutes before anyone found her. Thankfully, she was still alive, though. She did have a fractured cheekbone, a fractured nose, severe bruising on her neck and chin, and two black eyes. And the worst part about this is that she was bleeding in her genital area, which was covered with dirt and sand. And he had brutally raped her so bad that she was no longer able to have children. Poor woman. I know. So police found semen at the site. Told you it was going to be rough, guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, buckle up. Yeah. Um, so police found semen at the site, but this was before DNA, so they had no suspects for this rape. Um, however, Leonard had a court date the next month for living off wages for pimping and pros- prostitution. And then two weeks after that, he was arrested for battery and armed robbery. So on God. December 4th, 1972, he was jailed yet again this time for five years while he was in the Parramatta jail he learned to box he became quite boastful about his boxing and claimed that he was he could beat the world title holder um he also made wooden jewelry boxes and was said to actually be a pretty good artist so um and then somehow (laughs) during this time he lost half of his ring finger in jail um, but there's not really any details about that. Ring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, um, but uh, again, Leonard was let out early, so <laughs> he was not in there for five years. Um, he was released June 19th, 1974 on parole. So now Leonard is 23 years old, released from prison again, no prospects, um, a real job, no money, um, on drugs, on alcohol, um, just freaking abusive sex maniac. And as you might have guessed, 22 days later, he raped another woman. So on July 11th, 1974, he walked behind a woman for a while as she walked down a deserted road in the morning. He came up and twisted her arm behind her back, covered her mouth, and dragged her over to an embankment where he raped her. He then made her hold his hand like a couple as they walked away from the crime scene um, and then before he released her. God. This sick fuck. Yeah. And one week later, he attempted another rape, this time at a dry cleaning store in the Great Western Shopping Center in Mount Druitt. He noticed that she was working alone and decided to ask for his dry cleaning, where he went to go follow her in the back and twisted her arm around her. He covered her mouth and pinned her to the floor, but thankfully he was stopped um, before he could rape her because some other customers came in, so he ran out. Yeah, so this is just like escalating like pretty yeah. quickly here. Yeah. Um, so since he was unsuccessful with that last attempt, he needed to quench his thirst here so three days later he chose a random woman walking on mavis street in rudy hill which is an area in sydney's outer west he went up to the woman spoke to her 
And then he just punches her in the face. Just out of nowhere. Just punches her. Probably bragging about his fucking boxing skills, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Punches her, sends her down a slope. And it was there that he tried to tear off her clothes to rape her. But she convinced him to take her back to his place. She, which... I, I know some women have, you know, used this, and this has worked, you know, in the past where they say, you know, they, they act like they want it. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes the guys don't like that. No, stop that. You're not supposed to want this because they mm-hmm. want to be the authoritative person. They want to be in control and take charge of the situation. But when they're like, no, I want this, you know, like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm into this or something like that. It can really throw them off. In this situation, it's weird because... You would think that that is how he is, but he he said, okay, yeah, let's go back to my apartment and we can we can do this. So I don't know. It's kind of, I think he just doesn't know how to have sex with women any other way. So I also think that's a little bit part of it. But uh, as they are walking back, she made her escape and she ran away to a nearby house and raised the alarm there, which thank God. Uh, so Frazier t- takes off running. But he accidentally dropped his wallet, which had his birth certificate in it. So police were very quick to knock on his door. And while the police were questioning him, he just ends up confessing to the previous attacks and rapes he had just done. He said he needed to get it off his chest and he was feeling really guilty about it. So he was convicted of rape, assault, and intent to rape at a trial where he represented himself. Um, And he was charged with 21 years in prison. And a psych, uh, psychiatric evaluation. It was at this point, at 23 years old, that he was officially diagnosed as a classic psychopath by Long Bay Jail senior psychiatrist Dr. Edward Fisher. And his notes said that Leonard has no conscience whatsoever. He does not think about anyone else, and he will use anyone or anything to his advantage. And he has little to no impulse control, which is terrifying to think about. Yeah. <laughs> So, 21 years. Um, so, that's the end of this podcast episode. No. <laughs> I wish. Uh, they finally shot, y'all. <laughs> they did not finally lock him up. Uh, the bastard served seven years. <laughs> Wait, you said that. Years. You think of um, <laughs> when Tiny Tim did not die. <laughs> Muppet Christmas Girl. Yes. Sorry. My mind. This is how it works. <laughs> God bless us all. <laughs> yeah. I wish we were talking about Tiny Tim right now. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, seven years. And then he was released on parole by the New South Wales board. And their reasons and his records remained private to due to some privacy laws. Um, they probably remained private because they're ashamed because they let him out. So, yeah. Um, but it seems that regardless of his violent history, they didn't deem him a threat to his society. Um, so within a year of being released, Leonard visited his parents, who he said he hated earlier. Um, they were living in a coastal area north of uh, McKay in Abbott's Point. And shortly after getting there in July 1982, they were told the news that his grandparents had been in a fatal car accident in which his grandmother was thrown from the car and killed. So despite saying that he hated his family, he was apparently really fond of his grandma and would often hitchhike to go visit her. So this impulsive psychopath (laughs) decided to take his anger on losing his grandmother on a poor stranger, which it seems to be his M.O., for everything so he approached a woman with the pretext of buying a car she had in her yard he pretended like he knew her husband when she turned to quiet her dogs from barking at him he grabbed her arm and twisted it behind his back which is also as you noticed one of his moves um he covered her mouth and dragged her down the hallway as she fought back he pinned her down and she asked if he was going to kill her and he said no he just wanted to prove a point that he could hurt her For some reason, she got him to call her husband, and he said, I hope you're not going to kill me. I just wanted to prove a point that someone could come in and rape your missus. She asked him to stay and wait for her husband, but he ended up running out in a caravan sales yard where he was arrested again. (laughs) This time, he served two months for aggravated assault. I cannot believe only two months after, like, his fucking history. Right rape assault like obviously this man needs to be locked up and the key needs to be thrown away yeah but i don't know if it's because he is 
I I honestly like okay I I should be probably looking at a map while we're doing this episode right now so that I can kind of see where these areas are yeah. but I don't think they're that far away from each other like no. I know he's moving from town to town but I don't think they're like drastically like across the country where maybe the police are not talking to each other but yeah it still just seems like what the fuck guy is what the fuck yeah i i really don't get this at all and like i don't know the laws in australia for all of this but i mean if they're sentencing him to 21 years and then just letting him go like that just seems like a I wild. do know the 21 years was also um so remember how he did a robbery and assault yeah. so that mm-hmm. was lumped in that as well okay. um, but he was gonna be serving them like concurrently or something like that you know how weird shit that that is but yeah. uh but it's still weird i don't know maybe it was like x amount of years for every attack or something but mm-hmm. this is also the 70s so it's also like Let's be real. Rape is not really a big deal, probably. You know, like I would it is a big deal. It's still not, but <laughs> yeah, from, no, it's true. Yeah. It's true. So, so after his whole two months that he spent in jail, he was released on September seventeenth, nineteen eighty-two, and he once again moved in with his parents that I thought he hated. Uh, and this time they had moved again because if you remember, parents move around a lot, right? And his dad's work and everything. Yeah. So they had moved to Moana or Moana, I think it's Moana, Caravan Park at Hayes Point on the central Queensland coast. It was here that Leonard met 26-year-old single mother Pearl Rigby. He was attracted to her and interested in her right off the bat in the beginning. Uh, This is actually kind of one of the only points in his life where he wasn't getting in trouble with the law. They were in a relationship for about three years, from 1982 to 1985. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Something about Pearl just made him, like, he, I don't know. This, it, it's crazy to think that he's been continually getting in trouble constantly. Like, as soon as he's out of jail, he's back in jail. And then for he meets, he meets this girl, and I don't know. Love, I don't know. So, he actually had a full-time job at the Queensland Railway as a ganger which I had to look up because I was like, what the hell is a ganger? <laughs> uh, which is basically the term for a foreman for a, what they call gang of workers, which I'm like, uh, phrasing. <laughs> so, yeah. Group of workers. Yeah. Uh, before this relationship, like I said, he his only interactions with women had been rape or they were prostitutes or they were drunken, drugged out encounters. Um, so it's just crazy to me that he just was able to flip a switch here. Uh, during this time, they moved into a two-bedroom flat, and he basically adopted her nine-year-old son, and then they both had a daughter together. Pearl said that he was not violent at all during this time. He didn't drink that much, and he only slapped her once during an argument, which I'm like, that's one too many times already. Right. <laughs> uh, but their life was all around pretty normal, so he had done a good job, apparently, of hiding who the fuck he was, so yeah about to get pretty ugly though now so uh let's see so about three years later 1985 uh leonard had gone out to shoal point just outside north queensland city of mckay to look at buying a car when he saw a young woman who appeared to be collecting sticks and shells along the beach by herself and the thoughts just came back into leonard's head he mm-hmm. saw an opportunity and he wanted to take it so for the next couple days, he stalks her. He watches her with binoculars for the next couple days. And then on July 30th, 1985, he decided to make his move. This woman, she did this walk every day. 7.30 in the morning, she'd go get her breakfast. And then she would go and be on the beach by 8 a.m. to collect shells and sticks because she'd make a lot of crafts with them and everything. So it's probably just her normal relaxing routine. And we were just talking about this last week in our single shot about how, like, today, especially women just don't really walk alone anymore without thinking constantly Mm -hmm. about what could happen to them or anything like that. But this time frame, I mean, it's, I guess they're not there yet. So different time, different time. Yeah. So while she's doing this, she notices a man about 50 meters behind her walking in her direction. At this point, I'd be like, what the fuck are you kind of thing? But. 
She's still doing her thing, collecting her sticks and stuff. She turns around. She realizes he's much closer. And then she's still picking up her sticks and shells and stuff. And then she turns around and he's just a few meters away at this point. So she thought, okay, maybe this is a worker of one of the nearby farms. So she says, oh, isn't it a nice place to work over there at that farm? And he says, yes, it is. She was trying to get a piece of driftwood out of the mud and he came closer to her and she says, no, 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 like I can, I can get this myself, like I'm Mm -hmm. fine. And she gets it out and then she turns around to head back home when he just grabbed her again with his MO, grabs her from behind, twists her arm behind her back, covers her mouth and, uh. She tries to jab him with the sticks that she has, but he's just much stronger. So he starts dragging her towards these bushes, and she scrapes her leg, and then he was pinning her down with his arms pressed into her chest, and he forced her into the bushes. She pleaded with him to take her home instead. You know, she tried to be like, hey, let's just go back to my place. We can do this there. Let's not do this here. But he is a little bit smarter this time. He's like, I'm not falling for that again. So he does not agree with that and continues to drag her uh, until he uh, gets her into a little sandy area that's underneath a tree there. So he, he asks her how old she is and where she's from. She says she was 20 years old and she's from nearby. Once again, she begs him, but he didn't really care. So he forced her head to, he lifted her head up and forced a, Well, actually, at first, he started unzipping his pants, and she saw something she thought was a gun, but it was actually the binoculars, so pretty evident that he had been spying on her there at that that moment. And then he forced uh, her to give him oral sex, and so he held her head up, and he said, if you bite me, I'll kill you. She tried to stall and say that she would just touch him for a while but he got impatient and he ripped her underwear off and then she told him that she had a tampon in and so he said you need to get rid of it and so she got rid of it and then he raped her so police were able to find leonard pretty quickly after this assault and he was convicted of rape yet again and sentenced to 12 years in rockhampton's etna creek prison It was here that he was nicknamed Lenny the Loon, as he would have frequent outbursts and fits. While he was in prison, a woman who was part of an inmate male buddy program began having a relationship with him. Come on, girl. I know. Like, (laughs) I know we've talked about this in past episodes before. Like, women out there listening, he's not going to change. (laughs) Like, he is in jail for a reason. I can't change him. him. It's my DIY project. (laughs) I, I can change him. I know. <laughs> he just needs some extra love. No. No, he doesn't. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, she wanted to marry him because she believed that he was a kind and changed man. Um, and then in January of 1997, Leonard was released and he moved in with her. She was terminally ill with cancer and lived in Yapoon, which is a coastal town south of Mackey. It was not long before he became aggressive and uh, aggressive sexually with her. He would demand sex six times a day, if not more, and then was really rough about it. As she got sicker, she went to Brisbane for treatment of her cancer. Leonard came to bring her home, but she refused, and he raped her in the hospital's chapel. Um, And then she did die six months after this. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, no, he's from hell. (laughs) I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine, like, the, like, the state that she was in when he's, like, you know, probably raping her six times a day. Yeah, this poor woman, just, like, fragile from cancer, like, chemo, whatever. I don't know if they're doing chemo at this point, probably not, but... Um, still, I'm, you know, they were trying different things at that time, yeah. and then to do this in the, in the fucking hospital chapel, like, yeah, uh, there's a special place in hell for, gosh, I just, when I, when I read that when I was just like, right, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so after this, uh, Leonard moved to Mount Morgan, which is a tiny, mining town a little southeast of where he was living with uh the woman in yapoon and i'm sorry if we are pronouncing mispronouncing any of these names because i don't don't know the accent i don't know the accent i could try (laughs) (laughs) you know we can try 
It won't be good, but we can try. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be good at all. Uh, yeah. We will lose all of our listeners from Down Under, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we already lost everybody from Yorkshire. <laughs> the more that we mentioned it, I feel like the more people are like, I need to listen to this episode. I'm like, don't. Just don't it's do It's working. It. <laughs> they should listen to it a lot more. <laughs> so. No, it's, it's like the first episode of that series is like has a high listen rate, and the third one, it's like none. <laughs> not surprised <laughs> Whoopsie. not surprised <laughs> so uh so he is living in this small little mining town and pretty soon the public is starting to notice that this odd strange disgusting man in their town is being weird uh this one disabled woman complained to the police that leonard was bothering her while she rode the bus and apparently he would wait outside the local school gate just to talk to any female he could. Didn't matter the age or anything that he just wanted to talk to a female. Just probably looking for some kind of opportunity to do something terribly heinous. Around this time, Leonard would also go to the employment agencies that surface the intellectually handicapped. Which, um, he would go there in search of women partners. Which is like... So fucking low. So fucking disgusting low like just kind of fucking piece of shit are you he would mow lawns and he would drive children to school for gas and beer money uh different times i guess geez towards the end of 1998 fraser moved into a flat in rockhampton with intellectually handicapped 19 year old christine rate by early april of 1999 Another woman and her 11-year-old daughter moved into the spare room in the flat to help pay the rent. It did not last long. Uh, shortly after the woman moved out, she accused Leonard of doing something with her daughter, interfering there. And uh, this just uh, gets better and better. It yeah. was also during this time frame that he was caught having sex with the landlady's dog. Yeah. Uh, just... Uh, yeah nothing you can say about that uh and so obviously like he was told to get the fuck out of there and a few weeks later the dog was found bleeding from his mouth and his anus he had been poisoned with rat poison and died pretty shortly after that so which i'm sure that was leonard like leonard did that Uh yeah no doubt a doubt no doubt so, uh, on that uh, disgusting note, <laughs> we're yeah. going to end part one because, you know, it's a little bit, a uh, lot to handle in mm-hmm. one episode. And, yep. uh, oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry. If you were worried, there's more. If you're worried, there's more. I might regret doing this case <laughs> right about now. Not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, no, the dog really <laughs> feels it. Like, obviously. I feel awful for all these women, but I just love the animals so much. And this guy's just the fucking worst. And it drives me nuts that you just see this pattern of him getting arrested in jail and arrested in jail and let go and let go and let go. And like all of these people could have been spared this horrible fucking treatment if they had just let him rot in jail for 21 years. I know. I know. It's it's like... Every time he commits one of these crimes against a woman, I mean, it doesn't just affect the woman. It affects all of her friends and family. Yeah. And I'm sure this affects his family that is constantly, like, having their son put back in jail for these horrible crimes. Mm -hmm. But it just affects so many people. And that whatever was going on with the government or the police or have no idea how it works, but like they should i feel like they should be held responsible at some point for yeah, this i mean i mean from the amount of times that he is caught for all these crimes like he's not good at covering it up so no. there's really like no excuse they're constantly catching him so there's obviously duty, he's repeating and repeating repeating the same offenses. right is to protect you know uh the community the the people yeah. and they're not and i mean the dogs what is the like he would have been better off just staying in jail yeah he probably would have been a better person just you know he obviously has no control over whatever he's doing the second he is out he is stealing again he is lying again he is hurting people again so it's just 
yeah, people like him have no right to be in society. No. Like, at all. Nope. Either just nope, that nope, kid nope. screaming from across the street. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I actually could hear that. <laughs> yeah, ah, got no right. Shut, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, screaming out. Well, that mean lady's yelling again. God, I'm always like, I want to be a mom. <laughs> I what see some that? kids. I'm always like, I want to be a mom. And then I just see some kid like <laughs> screaming his head off. I'm like, oh my God. When we were in Yosemite for my birthday on one of our hikes, there was like this family from they sounded like they were talking in french uh Mm -hmm. and they had a little kid that was tired from doing the walk and he was screaming i don't want to walk anymore (laughs) 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 it was like just absolute nuts and all of us were like oh my god we were like trying to like you know hurry up so we could get like pretty far away from them but this kid was just screaming and screaming the dad was just like enough and just like going on with them. and i was like so you still want kids candace <laughs> my sister-in-law Dude. is always saying how she's ready for a kid and me and chris are just my brother just looking at each other like i ain't ready for that <laughs> i ain't ready for that the fear in chris's eyes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think their kid would be like that, but no, I think it's, no. it takes a special something for kids to be like that, but oh my god, this kid literally cried the entire hike down. Like, I think it was three and a half miles, maybe back to the car from this point, and this kid would not shut the fuck up. Like, Dude, I'm like, if you're, like, have enough energy to scream that much, you have enough energy to make it back <laughs> kind of funny i saw the mom like take a picture of him as he was throwing a tantrum (laughs) sean i'm gonna show this to you when you're 18 (laughs) i tell you what if if it was back in the day and it was my mom she literally would have like pulled me over on the side of the road there pulled my pants and spanked me oh yeah like Like, a hanger would have appeared from nowhere and my ass would be yeah she would use bare hand but she would just been like (laughs) (laughs) so that would have been but i also was never like that like i was I mean, I definitely threw tantrums when I was a kid, but I never did them in public. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had some decency to keep it at home. <laughs> <laughs> Behind closed doors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways. <sighs> they could be real cute. Am I right? <laughs> and they could be real demonic. What's worse, kids or Leonard Frazier? No, she can't. <laughs> Totally kidding. I definitely know the answer to that one. Yes. Okay, it's Leonard Fraser. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Well, it has been a night, uh, and yes. uh, we're going to end it here, and I hope that you can uh, go to sleep still <laughs> tonight. Yes. And we're going to celebrate this weekend, get turned up for uh, Katie's wedding. And so, uh, yeah, be sure to follow us on our Instagram, Crimes and Cocktails. You can follow Katie at Grades and Stripes. You can follow mm-hmm. me at Tabitha Daray. I had to think about that for a second. And, <laughs> what, is um, what is it? What does it mean? And, uh, yeah, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And we will catch you on the flip side. Bye.